Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. Be truly who you are and let people know that instead of trying to fit into some image that you may have of, you know, stuffy corporate networking. It's time for Women Who Code Conversations, a segment to hear from top technology professionals sitting down with a Women Who Code member to discuss real-world experiences in the industry, what they've learned over the course of their career, and what they think is coming next for tech. Hello, everyone. I am Stephanie Wrightout, Leadership Fellow at Women Who Code. Thank you for joining today's session, Fireside Chat about Technology Returnship Programs with the Home Depot. Please welcome our speaker, speaker Rachel Madunio. Rachel leads the store checkout team at the Home Depot. She joined the Home Depot in 2007 as a business intelligence intelligence analyst in inventory planning and replenishment and has since held positions of increasing responsibility. Rachel has worked in merchandising operations, supply chain technology, store freight receiving, and most recently, the senior manager over purchase order management, inventory allocations, and inventory commons. Throughout Rachel's career with the Home Depot, she has supported the technology internship and mentorship, mentor, mentoring programs, and recently worked with the D, sorry, DEI Council to launch the Home Depot, Depot's technology returnship program that focuses on returning experienced technology professionals back to the workforce after a career hiatus. Thank you for joining me today, Rachel. I'm very excited for our fireside chat today. So would you like to start us off by introducing yourself and sharing a little bit about your career journey? Sure, sure. Um, I'm really excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Um, I, uh, I like to share my, my story because I don't believe there's a single path. And I think my journey is a really good representation of there is no, no set way to get to where you want to go. Um, I, I was not, uh, as a student, uh, drawn to anything in particular. I had a very hard time figuring out what I wanted to do. Um, I got into high school and I realized I did not like it and I did not want to spend every day there. And the thought of spending four years in high school was, uh, torture. So at the end of my freshman year of high school, I somehow talked my parents into signing a piece of paper and I left. Uh, I quit school after freshman year and um, I was very lost. I waited tables and uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Got a GED because I knew I needed to keep moving forward somehow. Um, took that GED and I went to a two-year technical college, uh, just taking basic core curriculum classes and still lost, still no clue what I wanted to do. Moved to a four-year school because I realized that I did not want to wait tables and sports bars at night anymore. Uh, learned that lesson real quick. And in um, I went to Kennesaw State University here in Georgia. And in my first year there, I had a professor in the math department who I adored. She was great. She made it fun. I loved her class. She also taught statistics and talked me into taking an elective in the stats department. And there it finally clicked, right? So here I'm 20 years old and it finally clicked what I was supposed to do. So I, uh, I finished that uh, four-year degree with math and stats. 
and then I went straight into a graduate program in data science. And that was really where I think I found a passion. Um, I enjoyed taking data and making it information. It felt so powerful to be able to look at a bunch of numbers and pull out something useful. Um, I love trivia and facts. And so data science gave me that opening. Um, and that's how I ended up at Home Depot in business intelligence. Uh, in 2007, it was the beginning of data science on a broad scale in business. And I got to do a bunch of different analytical reporting and fact finding. And I thought it was fun for about a year. And then I realized you can't eat your favorite food every day. You will not like it. And so data science stopped being as fun as it had been originally. But I started working on some operations projects where I got to work with technology teams. And it was like another light bulb moment, like, ah, engineers, these are my people. I should be in technology. And so I made the move from the business over to tech. Um, and I worked as a, a business analyst, a more functional architecture. Um, I was never an engineer, so I always feel a little bit out of place in technology. Um, I'm a little more on the functional side, but I got to work on a bunch of big projects and meet a ton of great people that I learned a lot from. And I just kept moving. Every, every two years or so, I would take on a new challenge. Any risk or challenge I could find, just jump. And so here we are 14 years later at Home Depot and I jumped again. I just took over a terrifyingly big space in the store checkout process. Um, and I'm excited to learn. I've been here about a month. I've gotten to go into a store, run the register. I got to do some of the cashier training, which is really exciting. And uh, I'll continue to spend some time learning here at Home Depot. That's fantastic. So I, I love the point that you made about there being no set path for success. And that's so true. Everyone's journey is, is totally different. And that is so amazing. From your personal experiences, was there a specific challenge that you faced in your career journey? And how did you overcome that? Yeah, so two things come to mind, actually. One was this common thread of, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I like. I don't know what's out there. Um, the thing that I learned from constantly being in that spot was just keep moving, just keep going somewhere, keep moving forward. As long as I'm not stagnant, then I'm at least learning something. Even if what I'm learning is, oh, geez, I don't want to do data science. I just went and spent all this time getting this master's degree in it. Um, it was a learning, just keep moving. Um, and then the other thing for me uh, personally, I wasn't really prepared to have to balance my career and my life the way that I ended up doing it. I thought when I started out, um, I was going to dive in. This was going to be it. My career number one. And then life happens. And for me, the realization that it's it's more career integration is the way I look at it. It's sometimes Rachel, the mom, sometimes Rachel, the youth sports coach, sometimes Rachel, the career woman takes spot number one. It's OK. I integrate those two things so that the whole Rachel is a happier, more well-rounded person. So I have to tell myself all the time, it's OK. I don't have to go 100 percent on the work front right now. Family needs me over here or right now. I personally need a little bit of rest or a break. Um, and so allowing myself to take those opportunities and then not guilt myself about it. That was a really big learning early on in my career. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love the point about the work-life balance. That is fantastic. So, um, well, 
What do you do in your current role at the Home Depot? What would you like to share about that? Yeah, so um, like I said, about a month into this new role, uh, technology director director over the store checkout domain. So what that involves is the registers that the cashiers operate, the self-checkout that if you've gone to Home Depot, you may have used, um, and then all of the returns processes, among other things, those are sort of the big things in this domain. Um, a lot of my job is working with operations, working with the business, setting a strategic vision, saying here's where technology needs to be in one, three, five years to support growth or new developments that the company wants to offer to customers. Um, another big part of my job is investing in engineers, making sure that they are supported, they're challenged, they're growing, they're learning. I can't stand the idea of someone feeling stale in their job. I insist that we have fun. And so trying to make sure that the teams are communicating that it's a good, positive environment, that everyone is getting something out of their, their time on the team. Uh, those are really, really big things for me that I spend a lot of time on. I, uh, I also have, I call them work hobbies. The Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Council is one. That's the, the group that has made possible our returnship. Um, so doing you know, different talks, meeting people, going out and doing college recruiting, representing the company in different forums. Um, I enjoy doing that as well. And that's a big part of this role. Fantastic, thank you. So how has, uh, how has networking helped you to get to where you are today at the Home Depot? And what tips do you have for effective networking? Sure. Um, networking is huge. I, um, like most people, I don't have a ton of free time to sit around and, and, and read and learn. I have to talk to people. I have to have folks that I can use as a sounding board um, so that I'm spending the time that I do have more wisely. Um, I use my network to find opportunities to give me a better perspective. My very close, long-term trusted, you know, mentors are the ones that are able to say, no, 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 you're thinking about this all wrong. Hold on a minute. Let's just calm down. Let's take a different perspective. I value that greatly. Um, I, I look at a network as a savings account. You don't start to save when you need it. You have to invest on an ongoing basis for that network to be healthy and positive and there for you when you reach out to it. Um, I sort of picture myself in the center and the sunburst going out is my network. There are people that I am helping. There are people that are helping me. And there are people that are my peers and we're just staying connected, making sure we don't go crazy in, in our current roles. Um, and, and it's a little more tactical than it is big career strategic um, I think it's really important to maintain those um, relationships. And for me, I have to do it in a way that's authentic. I think a lot of like what you imagine when you think of traditional networking, to me, it just feels icky. I'm not stuffy. I'm not that. I'm way more casual. And so for me, it's easier to catch up over a coffee or a lunch or even a happy hour. And it takes the pressure off of feeling like it's this big, stuffy, important networking mentor type conversation. Um, so I think if you're working on building your network or if you're just starting out in your career, the one thing I think is the most important is finding a way to make those relationships that feels authentic to you. Like be truly who you are and let people know that instead of trying to fit into some image that you may have of 
you know, stuffy corporate networking. Yeah, it's, that's so true. Authenticity really is key. Um, that, is, that is so cool. Thank you so much for sharing that, those valuable tips. So earlier, just a little bit earlier, you mentioned that you're very committed to supporting engineers. So what are your thoughts overall about returnship programs? I think it's timely. I think, honestly, uh, returnship programs in the industry, especially in technology, are probably late, but better late than never. Um, I think that that especially if you look at what's happened to women in employment in the last two years during COVID, there's going to be a growing need to have a specialized on-ramp back into your career for men and women, but women took more of a hit in their careers during COVID than men did on the whole. Um, I think there is no path, right? And everyone comes with some different perspective and a different need in a technology career. And so recognizing that is only gonna make employers more, more powerful in the future. Their ability to draw great talent and retain great talent is going to be directly related to how they meet people where they are. So you need a little extra refresh, great. You're gonna be a loyal, dedicated, productive, positive associate when you join the team. Why wouldn't we invest a little time up front? We invest in the associates we have now. Um, so I think, I think that uh, returnships are the beginning of what I hope are many different types of offerings in the industry that get people from a non-traditional background um, into technology. Yeah, that is absolutely so important. So um, you were telling me recently that the Home Depot has an awesome program to help employees returning to work to develop the skills they need to return to the market um, or to level up. So can you share about the Home Depot's technology returnship program? Yeah, this is um, when I reflect on my career, maybe my maybe my single um, most most proud accomplishment. Um, the THD team that put this together was a small group um, very quickly between inception of the idea and hiring our first cohort was less than nine months, which is absolutely incredible when you think of how slow large companies can move sometimes. Um, ours is a six month program. The first three months is an in-house boot camp that we already had at Home Depot. We used to skill up our own engineers or folks that were coming from the field to the corporate office. So a store associate who has pursued a technology career and we take them through a boot camp and place them with Home Depot engineering teams. We use that for the first 12 weeks. It's guided uh, instruction as well as self-study and they work on a full stack project. Uh, at the end of that, they are then placed with a balanced team. They are working as an engineer for three months with an engineering team. They've got mentors all the way through the program. They've got a good relationship with their managers meeting weekly throughout even the boot camp, so that we can give them the best chance of success when we place them. They, they learn how Home Depot works. They get their skills refreshed. And, and to me, I think confidence is one of the biggest pieces here. It can be daunting to go back into something that you left years ago and being able to support these folks and watch their confidence grow, watch their skills come back. It's like, oh my gosh, it's going to be really powerful when we get through a couple of years of these and we can look around and say, man, there are so many great engineers that just needed this different on-ramp back into technology. 
I'm really excited. Our pilot cohort is running right now, um, and they will they will go through the spring. And at the end, we'll have the opportunity to extend full time employment to them. Which, if you're thinking of someone who is at home as a caretaker for years, that's game changing for a family to be able to get back into a technology career that has as many opportunities as Home Depot does. That is fantastic. That is an amazing program. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, Fantastic. So many in our audience might be wondering whether they should become a data scientist or how to become a data scientist and what advice do you have for them? Um, so I, I pursued an academic path. Uh, I think at the time data science was just emerging um, in full force. And so academics seemed like the way that I needed to go. Now with the amount of information available online, um, I think I would have done it differently. You don't have to jump into the deep end. You don't have to look at it and say, I need to go straight to certification, master's degree, whatever that thing is the competencies of data science are so accessible. You could start small and see if you enjoy it. Um, I used to tutor student athletes at college uh, in statistics, and I would say, oh, great, you're on the baseball team. Let's go to MLB.com and pull down last year's data set. What can we learn, right? What can we learn just from the numbers and, and running a couple of simpler models? Um, we even, you could use Excel if you're really starting out. There are plenty of different ways to go. Um, heck, I even did a graduate project trying to predict the best wines out of last year's grapes. Um, I did not learn anything. Weather is very complicated. But anything that you're passionate about, that you're interested in, is going to make it so much easier to look at data and pull out those nuggets because you're curious about it and you want to learn more. Um, so I would suggest that just starting where your passion is and see what you can learn from what already exists, right? The world is full of data. Every website is happy to give you all of their data. So go and take it and play with it and see what you can learn. And if it really hooks you, then you think about those certifications and are there tools that I would like to be more proficient in and that type of thing. Yeah, wonderful points. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening and remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.